Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Praise the Lord. It's a little different on this Sunday, man. Everybody's like, man, what are you guys doing? Well, we were getting ready. We were talking about Mother's Day and... um, you know, we were in our series on purpose and really finding your place in what God has called you to be and what has God has called you to do. Our whole unwritten series is about God taking his pen and, and break, basically writing your, your future and explaining to you and me who we are. So one of these we were talking about as we got ready for Mother's Day, I was like, man, honey, why don't we do this together? And one of the things that I thought was really cool was that, you know, there's a lot of different dynamics that go on today because you might be a mom. And, you know, everybody's got a mom, <laughs> or you wouldn't be here. But each and every one of us have to understand some roles and responsibilities. And I wanted everybody to be involved. And I know what the guys will do. The guys will be like, oh, great, it's going to be about mom. Let me just check out. But no, you can't check out today. That's why I'm here. I'm going to keep your attention in this thing. And today what we're going to be talking about is the dynamic of a woman. Amen. And uh, one of the things we want to talk about to you is some of the stuff that we thought was important for us to understand, not just about your mom or, or, or your sister or your wife, your spouse, but to understand some of the DNA of a woman because I think it's one of the most misunderstood things there is, especially for men, because if we don't really understand what a woman needs, how can we ever really supply what they're needing? And I think it's important because we've been given clear. You know, one of the scriptures that I'm going to use is in Colossians 3.19, it says that the husband is supposed to love his wife. And, you know, that just gives us a picture of our position and understanding affection. And we're going to talk about it. And Pastor Liz has got some cool stuff. And we just decided we wanted to be with you guys today. This morning service was powerful. I think today's just going to be just as powerful. But I want everybody to walk away with something today, knowing this. This is not just about Mother's Day. This is about the, the, the power and the ability uh, that's within the, the woman and the responsibility that's in a man to make sure we unlock the potential that's in every woman. Amen. And I started thinking about some stuff. I got girls. You know what I mean? I got girls and they, 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 need, they need dad to be in the right spot. I have a spouse. I have a mother and a father. The Bible is very clear about honor. It says if you honor your parents, you'll see the rewards of heaven. Amen? So we're going to have a great day. So don't get nervous. All the guys, I'm here for you. Amen? It's going to be all right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And we do want to say happy Mother's Day. You yes. know, whether you have born children of yourself, but, you know, Mother's Day can be a difficult day for some people because maybe there's women out there who maybe you've wanted to have children and you had a difficult time with that, or maybe you've lost your mom this year. And, and so, but you know, it, it doesn't matter because we can, God's grace and God's love can cover that. There's Amen. disappointments that God's love can help you overcome. And we don't want to just talk to the mothers, but no. you know, it is Mother's Day. So we want to acknowledge and say thank you to all the mothers. You know, I heard a great story the other day about a mom and her daughter, her grown daughter. They were out shopping at the mall and they ran into uh, an old family friend. How many of you have ever done that? And you make chit chat. Oh my goodness. And the, the, the lady looked at the daughter and she said, oh my gosh, Emily, I can't, I've known you since you were this high. I cannot believe how big you've gotten. How old are you now? And before Emily could open her mouth, her mom said, she's 24 now. And they said, oh, 
And Emily looked at her mom like, what is wrong with you? And when the lady walked away, she said, mom, don't you know I'm 35? She said, oh yeah, but I've been lying about my age so long. It just now made me realize I got to start lying about yours. Moms do quirky things, right? And you always wonder if you're doing a good job. Last, Just last night, we were at Publix. We were at the grocery store. We had my littlest daughter with us. And we have a running joke in our family, who's your favorite? You know, we always, daddy always says, who's your favorite? You know, and, and Gigi is Thank very um, diplomatic. She says, I love you the same, even though we know, you know, mom, it's of me. course. But, but she says, I love you the same. I love you the same. It's mommy Karen. That's who it is. She said, yes. I love you the same. And, and so... Um, you know, but they always say that I spoil her more. So I said, Gigi, who I'm going to prove to you once and for all that I do not spoil her. I tell her no all the time. I don't give her what she wants. So I said, Gigi, who spoils you the most? Thinking she's going to say daddy. Cause if, when mommy says no, she goes, daddy, can I have this? He goes, okay. You know? So, um, she says, well, you both spoil me the same. And I said, but who says no to you the most? Cause I'm like, I'm going to, she's going to tell the truth now. She says, well, you say no to me the most. And you know what? You also really annoy me sometimes. And I thought, just when you think you've got this mom thing figured out, you got your kids to make you humble. Amen. Amen. But you know what? And moms have their little quirks. But, all, but we just thought today, the greatest gift that we could give to all of the ladies is to help your husbands, your sons, your friends understand what you really need. Amen. How many of you ladies would say that are in you know, Those of you that are married, you can say, now, if you're not married, don't check out because guess what, ladies, we're going to teach you some things today that you can look to expect from men in your life. When you get to that point, maybe you're a man and you're not married. Take very careful notes because this will help you find your good thing. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk this morning about what a woman needs. We all have a lot of wants. How many of you know as women, we have a lot of wants, but we have things that we fundamentally need as women. And you know, the, the top needs of a woman are this. Security is probably number one on that list. How many, and when you need to feel safe and secure, women also need non-sexual attention. Then we need attention to know our, our spouse is paying attention. Open and honest communication is huge, but we also need leadership. And all of those things can be summed up by something that we're going to talk about today. And why don't you, honey, go ahead and, and lead yeah. us off in that. Yeah, you know, one of the things we were talking about um, is this, is that affection. Affection is, you know, they did a poll um, and there was a survey and find out a woman's number one need. And they did a survey nationwide and it came to be affection. And some of the things we wanted to talk to you today about is this. And I started asking myself, you know, the ladies know, um, I want you to know, we talked about this earlier. It's very important. You have to understand something. Um, the design that you were designed for is so unique because God made everything and literally looked at man and said, it's still not enough. And this is the hardest thing I think for sometimes for you guys to grasp is this, is that I really believe you're his greatest work because God made everything and still the earth wasn't good enough. And he makes woman. I call her... Picasso. She's the greatest work he's ever made. I think because of the fall, you feel like you're less than because we were the ones that made the first initial mistake in the garden. But it wasn't because of disobedience as much as I believe it was out of brilliance. But uncontrolled brilliance is dangerous. And God was never in the order of subjecting you because you needed to be subjected. 
but he just needs you to be guided because creativity that's loose sometimes could be dangerous. And that's what it was all about. She's seen the faster track. You're not broken. You're not, you're not, you're not so far beyond repair. You're, you're, you know, see the hardest thing of all, and I, I, we were talking about it is sometimes you, you think less of yourself and that's not, that's not truthful because we should, we should really give you the potential, but you have to understand the original spot. And this will be good if I could get this out just so you could see this is that because the dynamic of how God made it, you have to be basically unlocked because if you're not unlocked, your potential will never really rise to the place. And he's, this why it's very important who you're around, who you marry, what you do, because here's what you have to understand. God knew that when he looked at Adam and told Adam, I'm not enough for you. Can you imagine God and Adam are alone and Adam's still not satisfied? Can you imagine the humility in God Almighty himself to say, I'll make you something that you could be satisfied with and it's not me. And I'm not jealous with who I'm going to make for you, but I'm not stupid either. Because if you just focus on what I give you in creation, you'll forget about the one who created it. So with inside of woman, that's why he said, I took something out of man and I put it in woman. And now you got to love it out of her. Otherwise, you'll never get it. You can't beat your fist hard enough to get it out of her. There's a piece of you trapped within. And the only way to get it out is you got to love it out. You can't demand it out. You can't force it out. You can't manipulate it out. You can't draw it out. You have to love it out. And God's smart enough to know that I've trapped a dimension inside of her that you need for you. So everybody lives frustrated until they understand the system. So here's where we're going to start. Inside of you, inside of you is the greatness that God placed inside of you, just like man and woman. But here's the thing we got to do. We have to understand how we're supposed to work together in the dynamic of life. Because I can't control my wife. I can't manipulate her to give me what I need. I have to love it out of her. See, because here's what God did. He took out of man. Remember the Bible even says that God took out of man a rib and placed it inside of her. It was potential and it was DNA is what it was. It was a piece of him got taken out and put in her. And God understands that the only way this dynamic could work is that if he's first. So if he's not first, it doesn't work right. So we put God first and we understand that we have to communicate with our spouse at a level that we need communication. What does that mean? That means I have to understand how I draw out of her what God has placed within her that I need. But you got to think of something here. God's smart enough to know that the order has to be kept right. This is where affection comes in. And this is what's very important because love is affection and affection is love when it's done in the right way. So as affection starts going to another level, it's going to really unlock potential within. Now that's, that's everywhere. That could be, you could say, well, I'm not married. It's okay. It's within you. There's potential within you. There's, 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 there's things inside of you that have to come out of you. And the way we're going to do this is this, is we're going to use, we're going to give you four key points to look at that can really transform your life. I'm going to tell you what, I think these four key points work good with anybody. And you're going to have to ask yourself, are, am I going to, am I going to start developing these keys that I need for life? Cause until I develop them, I'm not going to really, uh, socially interact properly with anybody. There, there are levels of affection. There's a level, they're basically just some character adjustments that need to be made in each and every person's life. Well, and affection basically symbolizes all those things that women need. Affection symbolizes security. Affection symbolizes comfort, 
in approval. Uh, when a husband or, or is showing affection to his wife, what he's saying is, I care for you. I'm concerned about you. Uh, I, I'll take care of you. I approve of you in giving that. As Pastor Chris said, Colossians 3.19, you know how it says, husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. The Amplified Bible says it like this. It says, be affectionate and sympathetic with them. And as long as Jesus is in your life, if Jesus is first place in your life, then it's impossible to give your wife too much affection, to give your, your, your spouse too much honor. And it doesn't just apply to husbands and wives. These principles apply to every person that you might come into contact with. Maybe you have a difficult coworker. I'm not telling you to write love notes to them, but begin to show care and concern for them. Maybe you have yes. a female, like you have daughters. You, you, men, your daughters need you to be affectionate with them. They need you to treat them the way that you want to see them treated when they grow up and get married. Yes. You know, I tell that you need to show them and model for them that, you know, that's the best way to ensure that your children marry the right person is you treat them so well, treat your girls so good that, that when, and you give them the affection they need and you, you feel those emotional needs in their life. And then when they grow up, they're going to recognize what is not what they need. And they're not sure. going to settle for less. So you can apply these things to all the women in your life, to your moms, be affectionate, because that's what women yeah. need. Now, you might say affection. Oh, well, I'm not an affectionate person. Guess what? Affectionate isn't just being, oh, I'm, I'm all over you all the time, even though my husband likes that particular thing. He, he's like, yeah, be all over me all the time. Amen. But you know, that doesn't mean that you're hugging and kissing all day long. Praise it doesn't Lord. mean that. Affection is something. You might say, I'm not an affectionate person. I'm not I'm a, an emotional person. You can learn to be affectionate. Mm. Affection is something that you practice and that becomes a habit in your life, but yep. you have to put it into practice. See, it says in the Bible that faith without works is what? Dead. Do you, you, you have to take, make a choice and a decision to not just talk about it, but to be about it and to, to put into practice things in your life. You know, I always look at it like, you know, I, I want to, I wanted at the beginning of the year, I'm like, I want to lose 10 pounds. Guess what? I have not eaten right and I have not exercised. So when I get on the scale, guess what happens? I have the same number looking me in the face and I still say that. How, do we do that? We talk about it. But until we put it into practice, we do not see the results that we want to see in our lives. Amen. So, so affection is something that can be learned, that can, you can develop, that you can grow. You can learn how to develop it. It might be awkward at first, but if you take the time, guys, to t give your wives the greatest gift that you can give them today and say, you want to, I'm going to learn to be affectionate with you. You will unlock something in her and she will become what it is that you have wanted to see in her. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about four ways today that you can learn to develop being affectionate in your wife. Now, young people pay attention to this because guess what? You're going to grow up and you're going to apply these principles to the people that you meet. Amen. Amen. So, so we're going to do that. Four ways that you can show affection yeah. uh, in your marriage, to your wife, to the women in your life. Yeah, I think number one is this with your words. So write that down with your words. Every wife needs a steady diet of compliments, okay? One of the things you're going to see with this is that um, the ladies, um, just one of the things you'll really notice um, is that you're usually negative about yourself faster than you're positive about yourself. 
um, women in general kind of have that opinion about themselves. And I, I don't know why. Maybe you can go to the garden. But she's not really complimentary about herself. That's why she's looking for you to create verbal affirmation. Um, she really needs your words. Keep her, keep her emotional tank full. Amen. Keep the tank full of emotions. Fill her with the right ones. Compliment her uh, on, on things. And I think one of the biggest things is it's how we express uh, how we express affection is going to be a little different with each and every person. But how many of you know we need verbal affirmation? We need words. Amen. Women need words because usually you're a little bit negative about yourself to begin with. So how much more do men have to make sure we come and reassure it to make sure? Look, if you think about it, how many times has, has, has someone, the, the girl, my girls do it, my wife does it. How do I look? Why, why, do, why do you want to know how you look? You, you know how you look. you look. You look in the mirror. But I want you to tell me, I want you to tell me how I look. I want you to tell me how I look in your eyes. There's something about the identification that she wants. Verbal affirmation. See, words, you know, sometimes the kindest word is a word that's unsaid. Because sometimes you don't need to say something. Sometimes we say stuff we shouldn't say. Words are damaging if you're not careful. Affirmation. A lot of times what happens, guys, and I know where the frustration comes in. Well, I don't want to tell you what you need because you don't really tell me what I need. So why am I going to tell you what you need? And we become quiet. But that's dangerous because that's not what you're supposed to do. Because I think a lot of times we sow where we expect to get response. And when we don't get response from where we sow, we don't feel like sowing no more. Well, that's selfish. You got to sow what you want, what you, where you need to sow and wherever it comes back from is okay. Because here's the thing. Remember this? I don't reap where I sowed. I reap what I sow. So how many you know, if you start sowing what you need to sow, you'll receive it. God said this. He said, whatsoever you sow into another, I'll sow into you. So it's important that we keep our affirmation in the right place. And here's the big one. And we're going to get going with this thing. Is this. I can't wait for my wife to tell me or my girls to tell me. See, because guys, what you got to understand is you're kind of a rudder of the ship a little bit more than you realize is that when you start setting the tone of verbal communication and affection, the whole house starts kind of turning towards affection. And I know a lot of you guys will be like, well, I'm quiet and I'm not kind of reserved. How many of you know you have to learn the habit of affection? Very important. Write that down for your, like, hey, I got to be, it's not, it's not phony. It's not. It's not out of a, a, a out of a almost a conniving sort of way. It's out of a heartfelt way because the faster you learn that the, I give my life away is the faster you'll receive the life you're supposed to receive. That's Philippians two and four. It says not to think upon my own things, but to think upon the things of another. So really, my day is this. I'm gonna give you two scriptures. Write them down. Philippians two four, Ephesians six eight. You've heard me say them. When you make this your life, it's gonna get a lot easier. Philippians 2, 4 says this, that I don't wake up with my own concerns, but I think upon another. That's my job. My job is to think about what everybody else needs, not just what I need. Amen? Because here's what I found out. The minute I start taking care of what everybody else needs, I'll eventually get what I need. Amen? It's not manipulative. It's not, it's not deceptive. It's biblical principles. Philippians 2, 4. What's Philippians 2, 4 say? Not to think upon the things of myself, but to think upon the things of another. What does my wife need to hear? Okay, not what I need. And then Ephesians 6 and 8 is simple. It says, whatsoever I sow into a person, God will give unto me. 
whatsoever good I do unto you, God will do unto me. Here's the greatest thing you have to learn. No one is your source but God. But God's going to use people. If I sow it, eventually I'm going to reap it. Now, here's the key. I can't sow. See, we sow, we sow for change, and we sow out of selfishness, and we sow out of a wrong motive. That's when you'll stop sowing. Because I don't see the results of me sowing, so now I'm not going to sow no more. That means give. I'm not going to give her what she needs because she's not giving me the right response. So that's going to make me quit on giving her. Remember when y'all went, come on, quick, here it is. Y'all went to the marriage seminar. You got the fireproof book. You got all the technology. You went to Jimmy Karen Evans. Y'all got excited about, praise God, I'm going to do the love dare. Remember when you turned your closet into a prayer chamber? And y'all went in there to pray. Look, I'm smart enough to know, ladies, you're trying to get him to change. But I got news for you. He ain't changing because you can't change him. Let me explain something to you. You're not like this, but I don't really care. A woman will never change a man. There's only another man can change a man. You can try to manipulate him, but he won't change. The only way to change a man is another man. He won't change because of you. He never will. That's why you want to keep him around me. Because you say, I talk to him, he don't even listen. I'll get up early for church. I don't even care about curling my hair. Maybe this lughead will listen to somebody and I think it's you. But that's the way it works. And the greatest you is the you that's in the, in, in, in the position because this is the key. Because here's the thing. You'll frustrate yourself because you don't trust him. Because <laughs> he ain't safe. Because he's rogue in his own thoughts, and until he listens to somebody, you ain't going to listen to him. We'll have marriage 101 one day. This is Mother's Day. All right. <laughs> Words, guys. They're but here's the thing. Think of this. They're da as much as I blessed her, I've damaged her. And you know what the problem is? I could bless her again, but I cannot fix the damage I caused. I'm telling you, you can bless her again, but you can't fix the damage you caused. She, see, here's the thing. Women, let me tell you something about you guys. Your dynamic is amazing. You forget nothing. So I'm telling you right here now. I said this, man, when Ben Laden was going crazy and all that stuff, not to be weird. I was like, you get a bunch of women, they will find that joker. They will find that joker in a week. These women know everything in this minute. I was like, the other day, something popped up. like, oh, we know everything. They knew who it was, where it was, what day it was. What's going on? I was like, you guys are like the CIA. Do not, you get six women in a room, they can find anybody, anything, and figure out where it happened and how it happened. They are geniuses, amen? But you got to make sure you realize this. Sometimes the kindest thing to say is say nothing. So be careful with your words and build words of affirmation and build her up. Don't tear her down. So how do you do that? Because you might say, well, I don't have, you know, the Bible says that you need to start thinking on whatever is good, true, pure, lovely, good report. Think on these things. You know, whatever you meditate on, that's why th th that Moses told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you will observe to do. Guys, start thinking about the good. Okay, well, there's, I don't have anything good. Find one thing. That's good. And begin to meditate on that day and night. You might say, well, my wife nags me to death. You want to know what? Then think of a way you could turn that around. Um, honey, I appreciate the way that you have such attention to detail. 
right? Find something that, and, and there's a difference between speaking and talking. You can say empty words that don't mean anything. I tell my husband all the time, he'll say something to me. Sometimes I'm like, I, I don't want to hear that. Well, I said, you look, I said, you don't mean it. You, you don't say? know my heart. I said, I know you. What are you trying to and say? And I know when you're talking and I know when you're speaking to me. Amen. So there's ways, guys, that, that's why I said, don't, don't just start spouting off. Honey, I love you. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're amazing. <laughs> Find the things that really you mean from the bottom of your heart and say those things. And, and you know what? Maybe the things that you want to see begin to say in our life, but, but you can't just talk because talking doesn't mean anything, but then there's sometimes he'll be talking to me and then something he says will speak to me. Does that make sense? So you, so like, that's what I would encourage you to do. So what do you do? Meditate there in day and night on her and who she is and the wonderful things about mm. her. Oh, well, my wife, she never cleans the house. Uh -oh. You know what you think on? Wow. I'm so glad that you're such a good, hard worker and you work so hard for our family. Why? Yeah. Because I mean, if, if she's working and she's not at home, yeah. then you can, you can think on those things. It says that you have to take every thought captive. That means when the thoughts come about the things that maybe are not so complimentary, resist those thoughts and be say, God, I want to have appreciation and words of affection yeah. for my wife. What are those words? Yeah. And begin to speak them in well, her that's life. What, that's when we told you, remember we were talking about love your wife. You know what I mean? The love your wife thing. Well, how are you doing? I love my wife. It sounds almost funny, but it's like you, you got to understand something. This is going to come across. Well, tell that story because you didn't tell in this. Yeah, it was, it was funny, but you're going to have to understand something, guys. You're going to have an opportunity to resent her for not because of what she does, but just because, of, just because she's a woman. It happened in the garden. She was the thing. A man not understanding. I could help you guys. I should have a men's day. I will. You have to understand something. In the garden, the thing that man thinks is you're the thing that separated me from God. So in the heart of every man is the ability to resent a woman. You have to overcome that. Otherwise, you'll be resentful towards women. It's nothing she does, but it's just because of the way it is. One. Two, the thing is this, is that because it's the separate. And you, that's why guys are big blamers. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Why? Because he gets in trouble in the garden. And what does he say? Adam, where are you? Oh, it's the woman. She made me do it. He's a blame pointer. He's been a blame pointer because of the garden. He's going to do it. It's natural. So if I, can, if I could wire you right, you've got to understand. You're going to be resentful and not know why you're resentful. So you've got to teach yourself to love her. Did you get what I just said? You have to teach yourself to love her. I love my wife. So one day my buddy's driving around. He's doing his thing. He's doing some stuff. I love my wife. He keep meeting people, right? Hey, Tony, how's it going? I love my wife. Kind of weird, right? Seeing Norman out. Hey, how you doing? I love my wife. Doing his thing. I love my wife. Paul's at the mortgage company. How you doing, Paul? Good. I love my wife. Kind of crazy. What are you doing? I'm programming my mind, my heart, and my mouth. I love my wife. I'm programmed. Why? Because I have to overcome the resentment that's within me that you didn't, some of you to this moment didn't even know was there. So I got to rewire ourselves to understand that because of the dirt from the beginning, there could be a level of resentment. And I don't even know why I'm resentful. It was in your DNA from the fall of man. You have to overcome it. That's what she's saying. You have to transform your mind. 
But most people don't know this stuff, so how do I know what I'm transforming my mind to? And now here's the hard part, ladies. Don't take the blame of why he's the way he is. He's wired that way. You cannot do things that are going to suffice him in your behavior or your actions sometimes that's going to make him overcome that. That's why we need the, the, that's why we need the church. The church in its position to help us understand it because when you try to explain it, he don't understand it. And then when he talks, you don't trust him because he's not safe. And then the whole thing's a spiral and nobody's listening. And see, it's supposed to be a combo thing. The hardest thing is this. You've got to elevate a voice. I tell you this, and I've been telling you this for six months. I hope somebody's getting it around here. You have to elevate a voice louder in your head than all the other voices in your mind. You are not safe by yourself. No one is. So until you say, I will find a place. See, because here's the thing. Guys, you want to be loved just as much as they want to be loved. Come on. We're a fatherless generation. Everybody's looking for somebody. Somebody to love me, put their hand on my shoulder and help me. Because most people, are t- they want to take. See, that's the miss. They're, 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 the kingdom's not about take. The kingdom's about give. You give your life away. Paul said it best. He said, I pour my life out. Pour your life out, man. Don't, don't take nothing with you. Because power in the grave doesn't move me. I think it's stupid. I really do. I think power in the grave was dumb. Because you got Elijah, right? And then you got Elisha, correct? And then you got a lot. Who you got? You got a lot. You got Gehazi, but he's a thief and messed up. And you got power in a grave that should have been left in the earth. Leave your life in the earth, man. Don't take it with you to the grave. Pour yourself out. Stop worrying about what everybody's going to give to you and do for you and go do for others. Your life will change. Amen. And, you know, and some of you guys might be sitting there going, well, I don't have any bitterness against you. It says in Colossians 3.19, it says, husbands, love your wife and do not be bitter towards them. It's there. So if that propensity isn't there, why would he address that? You know, so, so even look and say, wow, okay. So the next way that you can begin to habitually make a habit of affection is with your actions. Again, faith without works is dead. Uh, talk without act, talk is cheap, right? Uh, just talk alone doesn't mean anything if actions do not support that. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of times, guys, your wives are looking at you to say, hey, what, what is, I want to see you put your money where your mouth is and let me see this that you're saying. So we have to do it with our actions. How, how do we do that? How do we show affection with our actions? Well, plan some to do something that, that shows that you're thinking of her even when she's not with you. Um, what does that look like? I don't know. How about a phone call in the middle of the day? My husband will text, he texts me sometimes. He's like, hey, I think you're beautiful one day. And I, I was in the middle of something and I looked at my phone and I'm like, what does he want? was my first thought. Secondly, I was like, is he being for real? Like, you know, but then he started like habitually texting me over the, the course he would start just texting me and he would say, Hey, honey, I think you're beautiful or say different things to me. I'm sitting there with, you know, I was over at the school with throw up all over in my hair going, Oh wow. Okay. But you want to know what? Maybe I needed that at that moment. He was sensitive to God. And if you say, well, I don't know what she needs. Guess what? You have someone living on the inside of you who is the counselor, who is the revealer of all truth. So guys start getting up in the morning and start praying. And this goes too. this isn't just for the guys, ladies start getting up in the morning and praying for your daughters. How can I show affection in their life? Uh, you know, what can I do for them? You say, well, my daughters are all all grown up. That doesn't mean they don't still need you. 
That doesn't mean they don't still need affection and begin to pray, God, how can I love her the way that she needs to be loved? How can I show her that love? How can I show her that affection? How can I do that? You'll be quickened to send a text message. You'll be quickened to to make a phone call. You'll be quickened to stop and pick up her favorite flavor of ice cream on your way home. Come on. My little, my, my oldest daughter, she loves this halo top ice cream. She's addicted. She's a adi- well. She's probably no. not the only one because you come home with about six cartons of it every week. Uh, but I want to supply but you my know what? girls' needs. We we go to the grocery store and I'm like, no more Halo Top. We are not buying any more Halo Top. You know what? He Is goes, this a no. Plug for the company. No, but he'll. I'm this? showing you to say that that he's thinking about what can I do to show affection to my daughter. Oh, he goes, Lauren would like this. And he goes and picks the, oh, we'll be out somewhere. And he'll be like, they would like this. Let's do it. Be, be sewing into people. It's that. The, that, girl, the girls need, the girls, the girls need you to love them. So like I told these guys, there's no way you're like, uh, number one, I said this, I'm going to have more money than he's ever going to have anyway. So I'm going to spoil them the right way. Teach them honor the right way. Be there for them. See, everybody's like, I'm going to get a shotgun and sit in the living room. Knock yourself out. She'll run after that ding-dong. Show her what good looks like, and when ding-dong shows up, she's like, you ain't my dad. Sorry. Straight up. It's the truth. She'll see. You don't, man, my dad gets out the car and pumps the gas. I don't pay for nothing when I'm with my dad. The little one want to go to Paris and go to Louis Vuitton. I was like, praise the Lord, we'll go. You're spoiling them. No, I'm training them. And it doesn't just work for the daughters. If you say you don't have daughters and you have sons, model for your son the way he needs to treat a woman when she when he gets older. Teach him by your actions towards your wife. Yes. You know, I look at that like I remember Lisa Bevere used to talk about her husband. She's a, if for those of you who don't know her, she and her husband, John, they have a, a worldwide ministry. And she used to talk about in front of her sons daily, she would tell her husband how attractive he was, that he looked good, all this stuff. In front of her children, she wanted her children to know that my mom, because she said, I don't want them to settle for less than that in their lives was one reason. The other reason was she said, when he goes out, if some woman tries to tell him and he looks good, he's going to say, yeah, I know my wife told me that this morning. So just because you might not have daughters doesn't mean you can't take these principles and begin to sow into your son's life the way that they need to act and treat women when they get older because they're watching everything you do. So, so you do that. You sow, he said, he's so he's modeling it for the girls, but then he's going to model it for my son that I tell my son all the time, honey, don't do that. You need to treat a woman this way and help raise him and train him. Uh, Women, you can train your sons on how to train him and not train train him, but teach him oh, and raise him, him. Tra- raise him up to be the godly man that he's called to be. Amen. You say, well, I don't That's have. That's that Proverbs 31 woman. Mm-hmm. She's got the whole house. Listen, women, you know how much power you have? <sighs> you know how much power, not manipulation. You know how much power you have? And, and the minute you lose your power is when you try to act like a man. It's true. The minute you lose your powers when you try to act like a man. Yep. You just blew it, honey. You turn the whole world. You put a woman loose, she'll turn the whole world. Those dudes will follow you and go and do. But when you try to act like a man, see, because you got, because there's two things in every dude. There's a fool and a king. And whoever you speak to is coming out. <laughs> oh, you talk to that fool. That fool will come out and that fool will give you a fight you ain't ready for. He's, he's a nightmare. Talk to the king. He'll come out. 
Stay in your stay in your potential. Because the only reason you want to know why you come out, you come out because you're trying to get him to change, and that ain't how he changes. <laughs> yeah, you do. You try to come out in that thing to get him to change. He ain't changing. You can't change him. You'll get more of a fight out of him. You got to get him around wisdom. Listen to me. Get this. You have to drive him towards wisdom. Want to know why a man will not submit? He has not found wisdom in the earth. He won't do it. But when he finds wisdom and love, he'll submit his whole life. Your job for your husband is not to put you in a place you should not take. You need to put him around wisdom and love. When he finds it, he'll transform before your eyes. And here's the key. That voice that's fixing him will transform you. Yeah. It's a system from heaven. But here's the thing. Wisdom is the most precious commodity on the face of the earth. Not many people have it, and it's hard to find. Hard to find. But when you find it, you got you to sell everything you got and get around it. That's what smart people understand. I can't get away from that. That'll transform me. Wisdom's in the word. But you're, you see, that's, just, that's why you got to stay connected because you won't believe what the Bible says about you sometimes and you have to. Does that make sense? You have to because you got to elevate it above what you're hearing in your mind. So did you kind of pull that together right there? Did that kind of pull in? You know what I mean? So it's very important because we got to get this thing here. So it's the, about, the yeah, action. The next touch. way that you, can, that you can learn to show affection is, is touch. And that's not, doesn't mean you're hanging all over each other, showing PDA and all I that. Like you that. Must, I don't like that. You know what? That means just holding your hand. Holding the hands or, you know, I, I like, I, my it's, husband will walk by and he'll just like, you know, take, touch the, my back as we're walking. I, I grope you. Tell the truth. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that. I got busted hey. in Walmart one day groping her. Really, seriously. It was like bad. Yeah. Um, Listen. Anyway, with your touch, and that's pretty self-explanatory. That does not mean, you know, it, it means throughout the day. It, it means, means groping. You guys are adults. It means groping. Okay. Anything, hugging, you know, all of those things. You, it, you might say, you might have a, I have friends who do not like affection, physical affection. They do not like it. They do not want to be hugged. They don't, and you know what? Their husbands learn other ways around that. But you know what? They're just a little touch. But here's the one we really want to talk about because that one's self-explanatory. Okay, not, not our, no more fiction right now. That was um, nice touching. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, no, through, here's the last one, and this is one's really important, yes. so write this down. Huge. Learn make a, to make a habit of affection through showing focused attention. Amen. We live in a society where now they have calculated that the average attention span of an adult person is about three seconds. Why? Can't pay attention. This thing right here. Everywhere you go, people are on phones, and you cannot pay attention. From isn't we went to Europe. One thing we like about Europe, you go and everyone's there's no phone in sight. People are sitting there at the coffee shops drinking coffee. We we're oh, if you go drink coffee with someone, you're on a clock. Okay, I got an hour. I mean, I do it too. You got a schedule. You have stuff, and our attention is constantly being pulled from one thing to another 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 thing, and it can be very easy if you are not careful, both men and women women to not give your spouse your full attention. Yes. And just because you are in the room does not mean you are present in the moment. I was talking to my husband the other day. I'm going to tell on you, honey. I'm sorry. But I was telling him something. And in the middle of my sentence, he's like, whoa, what a shot. 
And I looked and the golf was on the TV. I said, let me know when you're finished watching your golf game and I'll talk to you. And he stopped right there. I didn't know we were having a he conversation. He didn't know we were You like show up in there like I was, I, who was there first watching TV? Okay, we'll go with that. Um, but, but I mean, can, can we get an amen? You know how to get my attention. Some we aren't you, talking about power that. Power of a woman. She's persuasive. Okay, but focused attention. We do it too, ladies, right? I mean, I'm like, I just worked for 12 hours. I'm sitting on, I do not want to talk to anybody. Oh, Candy know. Crush. Tell the truth. <laughs> Confess your sin before the church. It's very good. It's therapeutic for your brain. Um, anyway, but but we live in a society where attention is valuable. And, yes. and guys, if you, and when both, how, how do you show that you're giving your attention? How about look in the eyes when you talk to someone? It, it annoys me when we go out to dinner and I see two people sitting sure. at a table having dinner and the whole, I understand, like I I make, I'm careful to not project that when we go out. We might be talking about our, our travel plans or something, and I'm like, let me show you. And I'm like, you know what? I'm putting my phone away. I don't want people yes. to think we're like caught up on the phone while we're at dinner. You know, here's a, here's Look a big them in the one, eyes though. when you, you talk. To. Your kids, your kids, my kids talk about, I don't even know what they're talking about. We're Fortnite. I don't even know what it is. Some game. Gigi one time yeah. spoke for four hours in fake Spanish on a car ride. I thought the kid was praying in tongues. We were like, man. I was like, we I don't, don't know, know what, what she's, she's talking about. Like we, Luca's telling me, uh, Luca might be listening. I love but you, listen, baby. But he's telling me about this game, and I, and it was so important to him, and I did not know what he was talking about. You have about. to and pay I'm attention. Like, but you have to pay attention. Stop your what you're attention. doing and pay attention. Here, intentionality is the greatest tool you have. People want to know they, you ever talk to somebody, you're like, you know, they ain't paying attention, man. That's the worst thing you can do. Pay attention, pay attention to your spouse. And here's the big thing with your spouse. Just because you could repeat what she just said doesn't mean, come on. That you are listening. I did that all through school and I turned out all right. Come on. What'd you say? Mr. Sarno, yeah, two, come on. Pay attention, intentionality, focus. Focus is a big one. And here's a big one, too. I, I want to hit you with this, and I'm going to let P- Pastor Liz close this thing out. It's Mother's Day. We want to let you go. Ephesians 6, 2, and 3 says, honor your father and your mother. Okay? This is one of the commandments that, that it says this. You'll live a long life and be fully blessed. I, I know maybe some of your parents aren't here. You know what? I would say this. If you don't have parents, or your parents maybe passed away, or may, you got two spots. Maybe you could parent someone, you know what I mean? Be a spiritual mom and dad. That's what church is all about. Or maybe if you're in the position to be parenting, man, us young people need help. I don't know. I mean, you got gray hair on your head. You got wisdom. Time is a great teacher. You know what I'm saying? Get around that. Younger people, you need to get around wisdom. Don't think you know. Listen. Listen, business guys, get around those younger business guys. Pour your life. Young guys, go listen, learn. But this is a big thing. Some of you maybe didn't have the greatest parents. And we're not, we're not naive to not know that. But I want to show you why you're honorable. You're honorable because you got to understand something. Everybody's flawed. Everybody's got flaws. Another reason why you need to be honorable is you're not a mistake. You're really not. There's no, oh, you, we didn't plan you. No, everybody was planned. God planned you. And he took something out of the DNA. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have my parents, you know, but there's something about their DNA, the two of them together, that God made me specifically with a design. 
that right there in itself, they might, you know, I'm, I thank God I had great, great parents. Oh my God. But maybe you didn't, but that's still a place to find honor no matter what. We're a generation that's becoming dishonorable. We're not honorable to our country. We're not honorable to this. We've got a lot of weird stuff going on, guys. It's true. We're not honorable to one another. We should be. Honor is a biblical principle that we honor one another and we love one another. Now listen, Pastor Liz is going to take you into this thing about maybe not having the greatest environment you grew up in, but we still got to be honorable because if your parents did anything, they still gave you life. Jesus put the breath in your lungs, but they, they gave you an ability to be in the earth. I'm going to tell you something about a mother. Let me tell you something about you guys. You guys are amazing. I'm going to leave you with this. You're amazing. It is amazing. I've watched women in my life, my mother, grandmothers, women in the church, the Miss B's of the world I think about today. I think about the late, the people that have affected my life forever. You have such potential to change so many people. And you know what? You don't even realize you're doing it, I don't think. Be encouraged today that your life is leaving an imprint upon the earth because of what you're doing in the daily. Because we're watching and we're seeing. I've gained strength. My mother has probably showed me what it means to be strong more than any person in my life. That you don't quit, you fight, you live, you survive. <laughs> if life smacks you in the mouth, you just stand there and get up. Amen. I'm telling you, you guys are amazing. And you might not, you know, I don't know, as a parent, you never think you're really doing anything. You know, like sometimes I'm like, I pray to God, I'm like, Father, praise Jesus. I pray I'm doing these kids right. You're doing a great job. Be encouraged because we're watching and we're seeing and we're learning how to be who we are. And you know, I think of Jesus, you know. The women, the women stuck around. All the guys disappeared, but the ladies, they stood to the end. Amen. So sometimes you don't know the power you got because you're helping us become the men we are today. Amen. Amen. And, you know, hopefully that was helpful to some of you guys. You can start to honor your wives and show them and help give them what they need. But I think there might also be some ladies here today who this isn't such a good day for. Maybe you wanted to be a mother and you didn't naturally have any children. Maybe you lost your mom and you don't have your mom here with you on earth. Maybe you just say, I don't have anyone to honor me today. I'm working so hard and it's thankless and it's rough. But you're in the best possible place you can be because Jesus can make up the difference for you. He can heal your broken heart. He can restore your broken soul. He can put back together the things that are broken in your life. He can give you peace where maybe there was no peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.